Welcome to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Today we'll hear from Pastor Fred Hewitt as he teaches the second message from our series, Next Steps. Let's join in now. If you have a, uh, a handout Bible, turn to page 613. Otherwise, we'll be in John chapter 6, and we're going to concentrate on, on verses 1 through 13. Now, we began this series of uh, Next Steps last week. Pastor Dave began that, and uh, uh, I-, I love this series. We, we are using this series to launch, to introduce to you our Next Steps Center, and it's on the back wall as you walk out of the auditorium today when we finish with this, the worship service on the wall that you will be facing is the Next Step Center, and it is the heartbeat of our church. It's the, uh, the central nervous system of our church, the skeletal system, because it's all about taking your next step, becoming the man or woman God wants you to be, and helping you find and determine what that next step would be. Some of you need some special prayer today. You need some encouragement. Some of you need to talk to someone about some questions you have in, in your finances and marriages. Whatever it may be, God wants you to take your next step. And so the Next Step Center will be with us beyond this series, and everything that we do at, at Elevation in our church life will pivot from that. And it's based on, on this verse, Mark chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Pastor Dave introduced it to us last week. Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with. And they came to him. Then he appointed 12 of them and called them his apostles. They were to accomplish, they were to accompany him, and he would send them out to preach. This is a series spotlighting progressive steps. It began, and we see it in this text, with with following Jesus. And many of you here have begun that journey of following Jesus. Well, today we want to spotlight walking in step with Jesus. It's a little further down the road, a little more intimate with Jesus, walking in step with Jesus, as identified in this, in this key verse for the series. And then next week we will, will spotlight being sent out by Jesus, the way that Jesus sent out those that were closest to him. Now, today we're going to, to look at getting in step with Jesus. If you have your program, turn it over on the back, get your pen. I want you to write some things down. Make, make some notes. They'll be highlighted on the screen behind me. But as we're going through this, God may give you a a special word. You may may feel the Holy Spirit prompt you to do something, lining you up with you the next step that you need to take. And I want you to write that down as well. Now we're going to look at John chapter 6, this great miracle, perhaps the greatest miracle that Jesus performed, the miracle of feeding of 5,000 men. And uh, it was a male chauvinist day, ladies. They didn't count the ladies in this head count, sorry. But we're going to count them today and, and the kids. It's estimated that somewhere around 14,000, 15,000, maybe a few more, were in the crowd that day. Can you even imagine uh, being in a crowd where, where with Jesus speaking and everyone there is following Jesus? It was a massive crowd of people following Christ. And here's the story, John chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he had performed on those who were diseased. In other words, they were following Jesus, all of them. Jesus was healing those who were sick and diseased. And so they were all following. 
Verse 3, and Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples, his closest ones, he sat on the side of the mountain. Now, in this text, we see where Jesus begins to separate the mass of those who were following him from those who were wanting to get as close as they could get to Jesus, those who wanted to, to walk with him in step. And you know, it's, uh, it can be a tricky thing walking in step. I remember back in 1973 when, when I went into the Navy, I began to learn what it meant to walk in step. When, when our company first gathered and our drill instructor uh, told us to march, we didn't have a clue. Everyone was walking with their individual step, no cadence at all. We were not together. It was sort of a comical sight. Anybody ever went to boot camp? You know what I'm talking about. But it didn't take long for that drill instructor to whip us into shape. And pretty soon when he said, forward, march, we were all marching in step together, moving as one. And can I tell you, that's what Christ wants for you. He wants you to first become a follower indeed. But he wants you to walk in step with him, to be one with him, to get as close to him as you possibly can. And that's the focus of today's message and what we're going to draw out of of this uh, miracle that Jesus performed today. Well, when you walk in step with Jesus, you will experience his presence. You will experience his presence. Write that down. That's your first blank. Now, at Elevation, we talk a lot about becoming a follower of Jesus. That's important. We know that in our two-year history, God has, has allowed about 200 people to step up and say, I want to become a follower of Jesus. Some of those were, were those that made a, a decision to follow Christ at a young age, as a child. But then in your teenage years and in your adult life, you walked away from that. You wanted to try the other side of life. And you've come back to Jesus. And we celebrate that at Elevation. Some of you have, have never been to church before. And then you started coming to Elevation. You said, this is, a, this is a different church. This is a refreshing kind of church. This is a cool church. And the, the band is, uh, is really good. And they have a, a, a young, bald-headed pastor with a long goatee. And he's really cool. And, and I like Pastor Dave. And you became a follower of Jesus. And we celebrate that. In fact, next week right here, we're going to create a slip and slide right here in front of this stage. We're going to baptize. And when we baptize, I want to see water splashed everywhere. We have 10, 12, maybe 15 people that we're going to baptize, and we will celebrate those who have made a decision to follow Jesus. And for some of you here today, that's your next step. That's the decision you need to make to become a follower of Jesus and to be baptized saying, I am a follower of Jesus. The fact is, everybody, every one of us here today follows somebody or some philosophy, something. We are are created to be people who will follow. We we have uh, made a decision in our life to follow something or someone. And I trust that everyone here today, before you leave, will nail down that decision to follow Jesus. But listen... We're talking about going a step deeper, a step closer to Jesus. We want to contrast the difference between being a follower and walking in step with Jesus. And there is a stark difference. Let me share some of them with you. You write them down. As a follower, you stand at a distance. In fact, as a follower, 
in a crowd of 15,000 men, women, and children, and Jesus is out there somewhere in the front, you may not even be sure where Jesus is. You ever felt that way? I'm not sure where God is anymore in my life. I've kind of lost that connection that I had. As a follower, you're at a distance. You're not up close. You're not personal. You're not intimate. But as, as a one who is walking in step with Jesus, you are up close and personal. Now, having been in both places in my life, I can tell you I would much rather be right up front, up close and personal, in step with Jesus than following at a distance. Because for me, when I follow at a distance, I do things that Jesus wouldn't want me to do. How about you? You you know what I'm saying? When we're following at a distance, we're not really connected. We think we can get away with things. Nobody will see. Nobody will know. But when we're walking in step with Jesus and we're up close and personal, there's no way because he's right there with us. Big difference between being a follower and walking in step with Jesus. Here's the second one. When you're a follower, you have to view through binoculars. You have to do what we call glassing in Montana. I love to go out on the, the mountainside in, uh, in spring bear season and glass for bears and try to find the big old black bear, boar, that I can uh, turn into a trophy. Trouble is, he's at a distance, and there's three drainage between me and him, and I can't get to him. Because we're at a distance, you have to look through binoculars, but when you're walking in step with Jesus, you have a clear and unobstructed view. You're right there with him. You're experiencing his presence. Here's the third distinction. When you're a follower, you, you sit in the dugout. It's kind of funny. I was thinking about this last Monday night when I watched our first softball game. Our guys were sitting in the dugout a lot. Because the other team kept batting around the uh, batting order two and three and four times, it seemed like. It was never ending. (laughs) But when you're walking in step with Jesus, you get to get in the game. So we'll give our team another chance tomorrow night at 845, right, guys? Well, what would you rather be, guys? Would you rather just be a follower at a distance, or would you rather be up close and personal and get in the game with Jesus? Now, there's no substitute for being in the presence of Jesus. I mean, you can listen to good music during the week on the job site, and we do, don't we? I mean, you enjoy listening to good music, and it's kind of a, you can have your own worship time. You can put your... your Ear, uh, ear, what are they called? Beads, beans, buds. You can put your earbuds on. The cassette, the eight-track generation didn't have earbuds, you know. You can put those on to get on the riding lawnmower and mow the grass. But there's no substitute of, of being in the presence of Jesus Christ. And that's what, what we sense here today. Did you sense it during our worship time? I mean, our worship, we just, we just came before the throne of Jesus. And we knew that he was here with us. And we had a sense of awe because we were there. There's no substitute for being in the presence of Jesus Christ. But here's a fact of Christianity. Did you know that the continent of North America is the only continent where Christianity is not growing today? Christianity 
is growing on every other continent on this planet except right here, North America. Now, I hope you're a little disturbed by that and maybe alarmed by that. I know that I am. But it begs the question, why? Why is this the case? Why is this a fact? Why is this true? In a world where we have religious freedom, in a world where we have multiple Bibles, Word of God, it's it's readily available. In a world where we have great technology, why, why is Christianity not growing? I believe at least part of the answer is because in our evangelical churches today, most of the people sitting in our churches this morning are followers of Jesus rather than walking in step with Jesus, up close and personal with him. And so our encouragement to you, our plea for you, our prayer for you, Elevation, what Pastor Dave and I are begging you to do is to make a decision to take the next step toward being all that God created you to be and all he wants for you to be, to get in step with Jesus, get up close, get personal. Don't miss his presence in your life. You don't have to live any longer feeling like God is out there someplace, but I don't know where he is. I sure wish that I knew. I wish he were close because he wants to be with you. He wants you to be in his presence. So when you walk in step with Jesus, you will experience his presence, but secondly, you will become a part of his plan. You will become a part of his plan. Don't you want to be part of God's plan in this world? Don't you want to be part of God's plan for your family, for your kids, and for your life, and for your marriage? Verse 5 says, Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude came toward him, coming toward him. He said to Philip, Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would already do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii would, worth of bread would not be sufficient to feed all of them. Not even enough for everyone to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, but here's a lad who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Now, don't miss this. I'm not really going to preach about the miracle itself of the feeding of the 5,000, but I do want to preach about what it means for God to use you and me in his plan. Jesus wanted to help his disciples get in step with him. And so he asked them a question. Here's nearly 15,000 people. How are you going to feed them? And they began scratching their head. Oh, my goodness. We don't have a clue. Jesus, it would take nearly $15,000 at a dollar a plate to feed all of these people. We don't have that kind of money here today. What are we going to do? And maybe even in a uh, sort of a shy way, maybe in a sarcastic way, Andrew says, well, here's a little boy. He's got five loaves of barley bread and two little fish. Well, what is that with so many? Jesus wants to use his followers by inviting them to get in step with him to do their part in his plan. 
Now, let's bring that to your life. Mother's Day, 2015. Can you imagine that God would look at you this morning into your life and everything that's there? I mean, you know what's in your life, don't you? You know what's really going on. Can you imagine that God would look into your life and he would say to you, hey, I want to use you in my plan to do my work to make an eternal difference in the lives of other people. I want you to change history right now where you live in Billings, Montana through Elevation Church. I want you to get on board with my plan. Can you imagine that? I mean, I'm amazed. I know me better than anyone except maybe Cheryl. And there's a lot in here that you will never find out about, I promise. But I'm constantly amazed that God would use a guy like me in his plan. Are you amazed that God would even dare to ask you to use you in his plan? Now, why would an all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God want to do something like that? Use people like you and me. Why would he do that? I'll tell you why. Let me give you three reasons. You write them down. God wants to use you to to change the world, to make an eternal impact. He wants to change your perspective, first of all. He wants to change your perspective. That's what he did with Philip. Philip said, Jesus, this is impossible. We can't do that, man. It would take nearly $15,000 to feed all these people. Where are we going to get that kind of cash? Impossible. We can't do that. Let me tell you, God specializes in doing the impossible when you get in step with him and you allow him to use you in his plan. We see that happening every month at Elevation. What a huge step of faith it was to move out of, out of uh, Skyview High School, to move into this building. There was no money to do any of that. But God impressed our pastor, visionary leader, Pastor Dave. I want you to do this. I want to use you with my plan, Dave. It's not your plan. It's not your vision. It's mine. And Dave said, okay, it scares me to death, but I'll do it. God wants to use you to get in a step with him so you can be a part of his plan. He wants to change your perspective. And he can take all of the bad in your life, all the mistakes that you have made in the past, He has the ability to to erase that that dry erase whiteboard and give you a do-over, starting from fresh, starting from a clean slate. And I don't know about you, but I needed that in my life. How about you? God will do that for you when you get in step with him. Here's another, another reason he's chosen to use you. He wants to grow your faith. He wants to grow your faith. That's what he did with Andrew. Andrew said, well, well, Jesus, here... Here's this little boy. His mom packed his lunch for him, and I might be able to overpower him and steal his lunch and to bring it to you, Jesus, you know. But that's not near enough. The truth is, sometimes we stay at a distance as a follower of Jesus because we don't want to get up close because our faith is just too small. And you're missing some of the good stuff, the great stuff that that God can do through you. Here's the third reason. 
He wants to get you involved. His plan is not for you to sit in the dugout. That's why he asked his disciples this question. He already knew what he was going to do. It was not a problem for Jesus. Problem solved. Non-existent. He did it to get them involved so that, that they would learn Jesus is the answer. And can I tell you, he's the only answer for every problem that you are facing. Some of you are here today, or you're really struggling. You don't know how you're going to get through this week, maybe even not even today. Can I tell you, Jesus is the answer. The first step is becoming a follower of Jesus. If you've never done that, today's the day you need to do that. But then the next step is to get in step with as close to him as you possibly can. Let me um, introduce a young man to you here today. Lex, come on up. Where's Lex? I think he left. No, here he is. Come on, Lex. Grab that microphone. Now, this is Lex. His wife's name is Kathy. She uh, didn't feel well this morning, so she didn't come. And I would tell you his last name if I could pronounce it. <laughs> there it is. But listen, Lex is a good example of a young man that's doing all he can do to get in step with Jesus. Share a little bit of that with us, Lex. I, uh, well, when we first came here to Billings, we wanted a church that, well, we can be part of and enjoy. And uh, we'll drive down 6th. And we saw the huge sign out there, and we're like, whoa, that is a church. <laughs> so uh, we got in and just loved, loved the message, loved the people, loved how we got greeted. There's a fella here who just kind of jumped down and said, hey, you're new. And so we liked that. And uh, so we come here, and we take notes every Sunday, and we love what we do. And we take these notes, and we put it in our notebook, and we review it every week because um, uh, during the week, we just, sometimes life just throws everything at us, and we get burdened down and tired, and when we come here at Elevation, we just get refreshed, realigned, find out what we're supposed to do, and we love that. Um, we love serving here. I love seeing people, new and fellow believers, coming here and worshiping the Lord, and we absolutely enjoy that. My wife's down at a children's ministry with the kids. Um, we just love what everything's got to offer here. Amen. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Put it back yeah. Hey, we're not talking big steps here, but we are talking progressive movement in the right direction, moving your life step by step to get closer to the Lord. Well, when you get a step with Jesus, here's the, the third thing that you will experience. Not only his presence and his plan, but you will see firsthand his power. Firsthand, up close, personal, the power of God at work. Verse 10, then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, and so the men sat down in numbers of about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, five loaves, and he gave thanks, and he began to distribute them to his disciples and the disciples to those who were sitting down, and likewise the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, in other words, when they had eaten all they wanted and were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up all the fragments, all the leftovers that remain, so that nothing is lost. 
and they gathered them up, and they filled 12 baskets. In today's uh, vernacular, we would say 12 backpacks with the leftovers of the five loaves and the two fishes. What a miracle that they saw. But here's the reality. The followers were back in the crowd. They couldn't hear Jesus pray over the bread. They couldn't see him begin to break the bread and keep breaking and keep breaking. How much bread would you have? How many loaves would you have to break to feed 5,000 men, another 5,000 women, and probably another 5,000 children? It would go on for hours and hours. He just continued to break the bread and and break the, the fish into pieces, giving it to the disciples, and they would distribute feeding all of those folks. The followers were in the back. They didn't see that. But those that were up close, they saw an incredible miracle. They saw God do the impossible. Question, have you been up close to Jesus with your eyes fixed on him and watched him perform a great miracle. The truth is, most of us have not. You know, we, we try to pray. We, we say we believe this stuff. We try to teach it to our children. We want them to, to know and, and believe and become a Christ follower. But we, we fall way short because we never experience the power of God in our life. We never see the miracle. We never become a part of the miracle. And we're not really 100% sure that he wants to use you and me in a miracle. And can I tell you he does? <coughs> Some of you are here this morning and you need a miracle. You know you do. You know your situation. And you need a miracle. Well, I want to tell you, God wants to do a miracle in your life. In your marriage? Sure he does. He wants to do a miracle in your marriage. He wants to do a miracle in your finances. He wants to do a miracle with your sons, with your daughters, with issues with your health, issues over your temper, your attitude, your job, even your addiction. God wants to do a miracle set you free of those things that you are powerless over, those things that control your life. He wants to do a miracle in your life right here today. At Elevation, can I tell you, we see God in the miracle business every week. I mean, Pastor Dave and I can just give you change life after change life after change life of miracles that he has done right here. But listen, this goes beyond that. When you're in step with Jesus, when you're moved from being a follower only to getting up close as you can and walking in step, God wants to use you to perform a miracle. He will say to you, hey, how much do you trust me? We're about to feed 10,000, 15,000 people. Do you trust me? Am I a big enough God to you that you can trust me to do the impossible When you begin walking in step with Jesus, you will see firsthand, up close and personal, the power of God in your life. Well, 
I believe that everybody here would want that. I mean, I don't believe you'd be at church today. Some of you walked in, you had no, no clue even why you came. It, you just kind of felt something supernaturally drawing you to this church. Some of you have been coming every week for a long time. Some of you have been coming maybe once a month or so. But you know that you need and want more of God in your life. And you know that you need to take the next step to become a follower and then to get in step with Jesus. But the question is, well, what's holding you back? What are the barriers? Let me, let me read this text to you, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, this is a heavenly perspective, huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, then let us here, here on earth, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that traps us up, that trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. There are some barriers. There are some, some obstacles that you will need to go around or overcome. There are some things that you need to throw off that's tripping you up, that's holding you back. Let me just identify three of them. There's probably many others that you can think of. Here's the first one, fear of rejection. Fear of rejection. For some of us, we're thinking here today, if we choose God's will over some of my friends and the habits, the, the places I go and the, the bars that I frequent and the things that I do, if we choose following Jesus, getting in step with him over them, I'm going to offend my friends. And I don't want to offend my friends. And so if you, if you do that, here's what happens. You are choosing to offend God rather than offend your friends. You will not offend your friends. All you got to do is say something like this. Look, I appreciate you inviting me. That just doesn't do it for me anymore. I don't want to go there anymore. I've been there, done that. I'd rather be with Jesus. Fear of rejection. Here's something else that holds us back. Preferring our comfort zone. We prefer our comfort zone. Sometimes we just like the familiar. We don't want to, to try something new or, or give it more than we've given in the past. We like our routine. We enjoy Attending church maybe once every four weeks, once a month. That's enough. That's my comfort zone. That gives me time to do other things that I want or need to do. And I'm saying if that's where you are today, you will never experience God's presence. You'll never be a part of his plan. You'll never experience his power in your life because you will never be in step with Jesus, up close and personal. If that's your attitude this morning, you will always be at the back of the crowd and you will just get the leftovers. Here's a third obstacle we, we need to overcome, a third barrier. Sometimes we're just afraid of what Jesus may ask us to give up. There's a part of our life that, that we just want to keep personal and private. We don't want to let God into that life. We want to hang on to that. And for some of us, our men here today, it's something, it's a website that you go to related to pornography that you go to on the Internet. We're not willing to give that up. Fear of what we may have to give up if we get in step with Jesus. You say, I want what I want, and I will not desperately seek what Jesus wants in my life. And if that's your attitude, you'll always be at the back of the crowd being just a follower, and you'll never see the power of God displayed in your life. You'll never see God use you to do a miracle. So here's what I want to say to you as we bring this to a close. 
couple more things I want you to write down. First of all, I want you to know that this is the day. Today is the day, and now is the time for you to take the next step. And I can't tell you what that is, but if you're here today, no doubt the Lord is telling you what your next step needs to be. And so today's the day, and now's the time to take that step. Stop being just a follower of Jesus Christ and begin walking in step with Jesus. Here's three steps that you can take very quickly, and they apply to our Next Step Center. You can start serving. Start serving here at Elevation. Nothing reflects the heart of God more than a servant's heart, one who is willing to roll up their sleeves, get their hands dirty, and do... Take on a role nobody else wants to take. Jesus himself, the Son of God, girded up his loins, rolled up his sleeves, and washed the feet of his disciples. Nothing reflects the heart of God more than serving. Some of you, your next step is to start serving. And you can indicate that on your next step card. Some of you are here today and you've been coming to Elevation for a long time. It's time for you to become an owner. And we use the word owner instead of, in, instead of uh, member because members have rights, but owners have responsibilities. And you know it's time for you to take the next step and become a serious, committed part of this church family at Elevation. Our next ownership class is, is May 31st, and that's the box you need to check on your next step card. And then some of you have been flying solo. You plug in here to church once in a while. You enjoy the music, the messages, have some take-home value, but you're just kind of semi-plugged in. You've never been in a small group, never, never be, sat down with other men and women and opened God's Word and, and uh, let it really apply to your life. And, and your next step would be to get in the group, get in a group. Our groups will launch again for a full semester in September, but there's a few group activities going on throughout the summer. There's nothing that will change you any more than gathering with other men and women and opening and studying God's Word together and applying it to your place in life. There may be other steps that you know you need to take. And what I would like to do right now is invite everyone here to bow their heads, close their eyes for just a moment. The worship team is going to come back to the stage. They're going to begin playing music. This is your time to get your next step card and mark the next step that you believe God wants you to take. There's some movement going on as the praise team moves and people get into place. Don't let that distract you from what God is telling you you need to do right now. Father, I pray that you will accomplish your purpose in the heart of every man that is here and every lady that is here. Lord, I know some are struggling because they, they are ready. They know they... They need to take the next step with you, to get in step with you, to get up close, to become intimate with you. And there's some fear there, God. But I pray that you give them the power, the encouragement to take the next step with you. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Please take a few moments to respond to today's message.
To find out more about our church, visit elevationbillings.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.